The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for Sports Stuff. You definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play-calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast following a game one wild card round victory. I am Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And we have a little pep in our step this morning that is much different from the last week and a half of Yankee baseball. We are going to be praising Aaron Boone. I know it's weird, but you got to do it when he does things that are worthy of praise. We're going to be praising Brett Gardner. We are going to be praising Garrett Cole. And we are going to be dumping on Shane Bieber and the disrespect we have seen from many members of the media who might have forgotten that occasionally this Yankee team could be a fully operational Death Star. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you will find us there. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a comment if you like what you hear or if you want to fight us. We are always open to those comments. Thomas, it's just game one of the wild card round, which isn't a round that's ever existed before, but goddamn, you got to be feeling good right now. It feels good to be back. Yankees are back seemingly right now after sleepwalking into the playoffs. I'm back after missing Monday's pod. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, Jordan Zerm as our guest uh, on Monday. Uh, I was moving, take care, taking care of some personal stuff. But um, the day off served me well. I got uh, all my ducks in a row. Um, took a little mental health break, prepared myself for the Yankees to disappoint. But I will tell you, I had a good feeling about this. Um, I just felt like we were being like we were like you were just saying oddly disrespected you know we saw 
many members of the media, Ken Rosenthal one picking the Indians over the Yankees without really much, you know, discussion around it. Um, but that last night couldn't have gone any better. We got the exact performance we needed to uh, out of Garrett Cole after um, his shaky start uh, to his Yankees career. Got runs on the board early, which is always key for making him feel comfortable and not having to ensure that he's shouldering the load for the rest of the way, especially on the road. I know this is different because there's no fans, but still um, you want to put your pitcher in the best possible position to succeed. And we use nobody in the bullpen. So we are well rested for these next two days. Um, and hopefully playoff Tanaka can take care of business tonight, but truly couldn't be feeling any better. The run production was amazing. Uh, everybody was hitting except for Stanton and then Stanton decided to, uh, to get in on the action late in the game. Um, and Boone's lineup, man, I can't, I cannot give it enough credit. We were dying for some sort of adjustments, some sort of changes, literally anything. We're sick of seeing the same old card with, uh, you know, a lack of, uh, of a mix with hitters at the top and at the bottom of the lineup. Um, and I thought he did a tremendous job. And I think that's, that's obviously, I mean, Cole had 13 strikeouts, but I think that the early run production and that kind of confidence he had gave the Yankees this win. And I'm giving the credit to the manager here after we, uh, we gave him some grief after a lot of issues this year with his bullpen management and lineup cards, but all that matters is he's doing his job correctly when it matters most. And that's in October and that's right now. Yeah. If they hadn't been able to flip the switch, I think it would have been embarrassing for Boone and for a lot of, of people in the organization who spent a lot of time telling us that that was just going to happen and that we could just believe them that the, the switch was going to get flipped. And it's a nice thing to say, but until you see it once, I don't think you can really put a lot of faith behind that. Um, especially because, you know, October is a different beast. You're facing an Indians pitching staff that is revved up to beat you and is at home and does have the presumptive AL Cy Young and possible AL MVP in Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez. Uh, there's a lot to like about the Indians. Like, there, there's a lot of reason to discuss them. But to outright pick the Indians in this series without blinking just because of Shane Bieber sort of immediately uh, shows you where uh, some media members' priorities lie. They love the flashy news story. They don't so much love the uh, team that was built as the American League favorite in the offseason and had been pledging all along that they would be here when the game started to matter. Um, and we didn't know if we'd believe them either. Um, and whatever happens uh, on Wednesday night, uh, we at least do know that the switch can be flipped and it has definitely changed the perspective we have uh, entering game two or perhaps game three if necessary, but hopefully not necessary. Um, like you said, Give Boone all the credit in the world uh, for everything he did in game one. It, it was like a perfect. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. It was a perfect game, beginning to end, not just because Garrett Cole was on the mound nursing a lead the whole time, but because of the subtle things he did. Um, got a lot of grief for starting Brett Gardner over Clint Frazier. Frazier is in a one-for-20 slide. Um, none of this has any bearing on whether Clint Frazier is the left fielder of the future. Uh, he will certainly be the starting left fielder presumably uh, when the 2021 season opens, the goal is definitely to have that be the case. 
but Gardner has been subtly on fire for 15 days now, which is, you know, it's, it's hard to pick up on. The, the team went, you know, 10-0 and 0 and then 2-6. and 6. And the 2-6 and six erased a lot of the positive feelings, and you're not watching those games as closely because they're blowouts. But Brett Gardner's been hitting 360 over the course of his last 15 games. Um, so he got the start against the righty in an attempt to neutralize Bieber, uh, even though Bieber has better splits against lefties and righties. But, but Gardner uh, hit a huge ribby double, a monster home run off the bullpen arm uh, of Cal Hill. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know who that was until he finished yesterday. He's a rookie. Uh, not bad, but Brett Gardner yeah. took him like 410 feet to center field. Uh, I mean, that's a vintage. Uh, I, you can't even call that a vintage home run because I don't remember the last time Gardner hit a home run to dead center, center anywhere, <laughs> especially not Cle- like that Cleveland Stadium. That center field's crazy. Yeah, like, it's big. That center field's never changed. It's always looked like that since the 90s, since it was called the Jake. I wish it still was. Uh, at the Prague, Brett Gardner hit one into the bushes <laughs> dead center. And then he even smacked a single off Oliver Perez in the ninth for good measure. Um Splitting up Judge and Stanton is something we talked about, too. He, he experimented with putting Judge and Stanton back-to-back in the last week or so of the season. It was terrible. Uh, neither man had his rhythm, and both were striking out a lot. It was just sort of this big hole in the in the 3-4 spot or 2-3 or wherever they decided to, to smack him. Um, that didn't work, so he moved, moved Judge to the two holes, Stanton to six or five, and just immediate dividends. Uh, judge had a home run on the fourth pitch of the game. And Stanton continued to struggle, but he had a, a Luke Voigt in front of him, so the RBI opportunities were going to Voigt. Um, and then Stanton homered in the, in the uh, ninth once there was no pressure. Uh, but even so, that, that was a good sign, too. He lays her off the bullpen. You know, never stop. Don't Just because you're getting an opportunity in the ninth in an 11-2 game doesn't mean that there's nothing to be gleaned from the at-bat. Um, and batting Glaber Torres seventh was huge. Love that. Love um, that. Glaber's been struggling this year. You you have to acknowledge it when you talk about how this lineup has been performing. Um, and, and so putting him in the seven hole, very little pressure, lessen the lessen the pressure on him. Or clearly, he's been pressing all year long on defense. Uh, he knows that he's he's got a different task ahead of him. We've talked about it in the past. He's not just a guy playing shortstop for the Yankees now. He is the Yankee shortstop. There is a different pressure on a person when you reverse those words in their title. Suddenly, you are Derek Jeter. You are Didi Gregorius. You're the heir apparent. You're not just a guy at the position. Uh, he's made a lot of errors this year. And he's taken focus away from himself at the plate. There's a reason that when he got a couple of hits with glasses on, he started calling himself Glasses Glaber because anything for a distraction would have worked at that point. Like, he just needed to change the narrative. And batting him seventh clearly did that. Um, hit a, he had probably the two best at-bats of the night. Um, spitting on six consecutive Shane Bieber breaking balls for a, a page-turning walk. Uh, that got an additional run on the board in the middle innings, um, set up a ribby double. And then, um, it, you know, the the home run where he worked back, got the count even at 2-2. Uh, Bieber tried to sneak a fastball by him, and he just lifted it over the giant left center field wall to make it a 7-2 game. And that was the moment that even though Garrett Cole was on the mound, that the game kind of felt secure. Um, so huge job by Boone, uh, obviously starting Kyle Higashioka over Gary Sanchez did not doom the Yankees either. Uh, we, we told you it was not going to make a huge difference and it might've made a positive difference. Higashioka hit a ground ball through the hole that extended a rally, uh, in the fourth inning. And there's no telling whether Gary Sanchez would have done that. Um, but either way, I, I don't think that was the most impactful move of the day. Uh, but for all of y'all saying that that was going to be the stupidest, most ruinous decision ever made, uh, barely noticed. And Boone made three other great calls that overshadowed it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Higgy called a great game with Cole. There was, there was, I mean, aside from the Josh Naylor nonsense, there was no, there was, there was really no issue. He had 13 Ks. Um, Higgy went out there a couple of times to clarify some signs that I guess perhaps were getting mixed up. Maybe he threw a pitch or two incorrectly to Naylor, which allowed this guy to get four hits. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Um, no, it, no, no, no. If it were a closer game, we'd be cursing Josh yes. Naylor, but let the dude do what the dude do. I don't know what that was. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Um, but what, like, like I, lo- I love this lineup as constructed. Remember we did our, we did our crazy lineup uh, suggestion for game one. And I think the only difference was um, I suggested we bet judge seventh. I don't know if that's crazy, but like put him down in the lineup and just let him rake. Obviously it doesn't matter now. Cause he was <laughs> the catalyst for starting the, the, uh, the offensive uh, barrage yesterday. Love Glaber seventh though, and I liked I had Clint batting in Gardner spot, um, which I think either way is a win. Gardner three for five, two runs scored, three RBI. So that that's that's a win for Boone right there. Nobody can really criticize him for that. Um I need to talk about this disrespect because you know, I'm a better. I bet on the Yankees to win last night, put a nice chunk of change on them. Um I was noticing that the the series prices were moving as well. The Yankees opened as minus 150 favorites to win this series and then by the by the uh start of the game yesterday it went down to minus 110. So essentially it meant that both the Indians and the Yankees it's a toss up, you know, whoever's going to win. Um I thought that was certifiably crazy. Um you look at the Indians, um I'm not taking anything away from them. This this was a very bizarre season with a lot of things out of their control, but 29 of their 60 games were played against the Pirates, Tigers, and Royals. Five of Bieber's 12 starts were against those dudes. Uh, Bieber, Bieber's an ace. I'm not saying he's not an ace. This is his postseason debut. He's going up against the deepest lineup in the league. I understand that he has shown up lineups like the Twins and the White Sox, but half your exposure across a 162 game slate. The Indians don't have this, you know, weird sample size of playing inferior opponents and Bieber doesn't have this weird sample size of mostly facing inferior lineups. Um, but to, you know, Garrett Cole opened as the underdog in this game. The Indians were minus minus one ten. The Yankees were even money. I, I don't understand where the thought process is. There's, there's no fans in the stadium. Um, the Yankees are fully healthy at this point, with the exception of James Paxton um, and Luis Severino, but that was already a foregone conclusion heading into the year. Um, and you're going to tell me Bieber's first postseason start against, you know, this lineup, regardless of how Boone constructs it, if he even did a shitty job of putting people in places where they needed to be to succeed, this is still, there's, there's no easy out here except for the catcher spot. You know, we can call Hickey and Gary easy outs, I think, at this point. Nobody else is nobody else is a freebie, and especially the manner in which Boone layered this, it, it made it even more difficult. So, postseason debut is never easy for anybody. Um, these circumstances, especially, are even more difficult. Um, and when you look at the stats a little bit deeper, the Indians, despite having 29 of their 60 games against three of the worst teams in baseball, were 23rd in batting average, 26th in OPS. Um, and I think they were hitting, I think, 244 as a team with runners in scoring position. 
their three best hitters, Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Fran Mil Reyes. I don't think any of that is up for debate. Lindor bats 244 against righties. Garrett Cole is a righty, and he's hitting 167 with the runners in scoring position. Jose Ramirez is batting 263 against right-handers. I know that all these guys are switch hitters. The Indians have four guys to start the lineup off. They can hit on both sides of the plate, but I think objectively speaking, Lindor and Jose Ramirez are better on the left side of the plate, um, and they benefit against they, – they theoretically should benefit against right-handers. Jose Ramirez batting 263 against right-handers. That's not – that great especially i think he's batting is he batting over 300 this year he might be I think it's close yeah, yeah it's close so clearly that part of his game is is bringing down his average um in in a sense and fran mo reyes who is their probably their uh, you know their most dangerous power hitter i guess based on you know um intimidation factor at the plate the guy is gigantic He's batting 238 with runners in scoring position and only two home runs. And there's a lot of, there was, uh, there was a lot of, uh, I think he had um, between 45 and 50 at bats um, this year with runners in scoring position. So these aren't little, you know, dinky stats that, that don't matter. This is, you know, this is over 60 games. And like we said, against inferior opponents. So if you're looking at these and you're, saying okay these are their three theoretically their three best hitters and they aren't that great hitting right-handed pitching and they don't they they haven't been all that great this year with runners in scoring position when both of those things are going to be paramount in the postseason only pay for what you need when you download the transit app and ride coda plan track and pay for rides right from your smartphone Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app. Because hitting, there's obviously more right-handed pitchers you're going to face in the postseason and every out and every at bat counts in the postseason more than it already does in this 60 game slate, which, you know, was accentuated enough after what had happened um, to start the year. If they can't, if they're not, if they're not excelling in those areas, I don't understand how you look at this and you're like, Oh yeah, you know, Indians taking this, they have the better road. They they have a really good rotation and the Yankees are going into this cold. Like, did we like the, the Indians lost 11 of 16 games to start the month of September and they scored, I think, 56 runs over the course of those 16 games, which is under four runs a game. That's really bad. Um, I understand the Yankees are streaky, too, but the Indians didn't really have much of an excuse. The Yankees were barraged uh, or I'm sorry, uh, decimated with injuries and were missing some of their best players and had no continuity or very little continuity in the lineup and couldn't get themselves into a rhythm. and it's just like it, it, everyone tried to be so sexy with this. And look, the series isn't over. I'm not, you know, I, I, nobody is the, I, the Yankees are so far away from advancing in my head. Like I'm, I'm not even thinking about anything else beyond tonight um, because we'll get into it. Tanaka in a little bit. It's, it's, it's making us pretty upset. Um, but to, to go into this first game and just think that Bieber is going to take one from Garrett Cole who's also been pitching out of his mind. I also understand against not the greatest um, opponents, but that's all Garrett Cole needs. He needed a little bit of a boost. He already has the postseason experience. He already has, he already has honed his stuff in. He knows exactly what to do against the better lineups in the league, having, you know, those deep playoff runs with the Astros. And this was nothing new to him. So I'm just very confused by how 
you know, professional, I, I, you know, picks are fun. People are having fun with their picks. Oh yeah, cool. Here's what I'm doing. But you know, you have a job too. And like, you can't just sit there and be like, Oh yeah, Shane Bieber over Garrett Colts. You know, it's, it's the AL Cy Young winner versus, you know, a team that's not that hot right now. Like what could go wrong? I, I don't know that it, did they not read anything? I, 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 I don't know. It's confusing to me. And I, I thought it was a little bit dumb and um, a little bit of a try hard to just assume that the Yankees were going to go down L one um, with everything that they had at their disposal. I don't know. Yeah. The point obviously isn't that the series is over. It's very much not over. There's a lot of work to be done until the literal last out is recorded. But the point is that a lot of people thought this wasn't possible um, in a four five matchup. Uh, where the four team is a struggling offense uh, and, and it's predicated entirely on pitching and, and pitching that hasn't been here before. Like Garrett Cole is one of the foremost postseason aces in recent history. He has done things in the playoffs that no one has ever done before. Masahiro Tanaka has an ERA under two in his postseason history. And game three, if it does get there, is going to be split between uh, the veteran Jay Happ, the rookie Davey Garcia, some people coming out of the bullpen. Again, Zach Plesak, a, a second-year pitcher who is more famous this year for being Dan Plesak's nephew and breaking coronavirus protocol. So there's a lot up in the air on both sides, and a lot of people decided to act prior to game one as if Cleveland was a sure thing when they are, in fact, a team buoyed by great starting pitching with a team WRC plus of 86. Uh, so as, a, as an offense as a whole, they're below average. Uh, the outfield is a hole and has been for a long time in Cleveland. Uh, inexplicably, Josh Naylor changed that last night. Uh, but even with Naylor's four for four near cycle, uh, this was still a 12-3 baseball game. So the series far from over. We would love if it were over. If it were the wild card game, it, it would have been. Um, but there's more work to be done. Uh, and it's Masahiro Tanaka tonight. But before we move on to Tanaka, it is worth mentioning uh, exactly how good Garrett Cole was. With his son in attendance, by the way, his baby son at the ballpark in the Yankees family section, that's kind of crazy. Garrett Cole, one of only two pitchers in baseball history with 13 or more strikeouts and no walks in a postseason game. It was his first playoff game in a Yankee uniform. It will not be his final game one in a Yankee uniform. I am fairly confident in determining that. Only Cole and Tom Seaver in 1973 have ever done what Cole did last night. Uh, he is amazing. He is worth, worth every penny is a phrase that holds very little weight now just because it is uh, sort of this, you know, it's a trope, it, you know, but Garrett Cole genuinely, I don't know what more you could have asked for from him both last night and, and during the regular season. Uh, he's sort of an astounding pitcher. He's not just a, he's not just an ace. He's not just a very good major league pitcher. He's got this crazy mentality uh, where sometimes he needs to be locked into the game and pretend it is close. Uh, so in like a 5-1 game, he gives up a home run to Josh Naylor and then just completely locks himself in. It's like getting hit in the mouth as a quarterback. He, he needs to get popped so that he can pop back up and, and pump 99. After giving up the RBI double to Jose Ramirez, just three straight balls by Carlos Santana. Boom, boom, 99 in the inner half. You're swinging and missing, and the, and the inning's over. Uh, the home run to Naylor followed immediately with two quick outs, um, and then he cruised from there. Uh, we can't ignore what he did last night and just say another great Garrett Cole start. That was legitimately special. Of course. Um, and per Katie Sharp, another cool thing, Tanaka actually has the lowest 
uh, batting average allowed for starting pitchers in postseason history with a minimum of 40 innings pitch. Cole is third with 175 uh, batting average allowed. So I think that speaks to what the guy's capable of. Um, we talked about heading into the postseason that we needed to see more length and uh, more, uh, I guess, fire out of Garrett Cole because as the game goes on, we see the tenacity. We see him getting excited regardless of if it's, you know, 12 nothing or 1-0. Um, he's, he's firing on all cylinders at, when he gets into that groove. And his pitch counts at the end, he was, I think, uh, five of his last six starts, he went over 100 pitches, which is the kind of longevity you need to see, especially – heading into the postseason when you're going to face better lineups, when they're going to work the count more. Um, and Cole throws hard, you know, Cole's throwing 99 uh, with his fastball. And that's that, that gets you tired, but he seems to be, he seems to be, uh, uh, I guess, unstoppable when it comes to that, because he, 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 the competition takes over for him and, um, he doesn't allow himself to get tired. And, you know, we saw earlier in the year when Boone took him out early and he f- blew a gasket and flipped out. Um, that's what you want to see. And I think that was a turning point in terms of uh, Boone understanding how he's going to be using his ace, uh, not taking him out until, you know, there is an obvious reason to take him out. And last night, 105 pitches, 73 strikes. He was not missing at all. It was really awesome. He allowed he only allowed six hits, 13 Ks, as we talked about. And another thing going into this matchup, don't want to, you know, dump on the Indians, but like this, this is their lineup last night in order in terms of their batting average, 258, 283, 292, 199, 275, 230, 252, 192, 165. If, if Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez aren't hitting you're getting around these guys fairly easily. Um, and Cole neutralized uh, Lindor very well last night. Jose Ramirez obviously had that RBI double, but aside from Josh Naylor, that, 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 that was his own, that was his only blemish on the evening. Um, yeah. And if Josh Naylor and Delano DeShields got yeah. one too. And if you're, you know, if you're stopping the top, if you're cutting the head off the top of this Indians lineup, with Francisco Lindor, who's, you know, su- supposedly their best player, then the night's going to go well for you. Um, and I, uh, this is, this is what we were hoping for. This is what we needed. We needed him to get into a groove regardless of who it was against. We know we finished the season Orioles, Blue Jays, Orioles, Blue Jays, but you know, it's still baseball games. He's still pitching. They were still meaningful games that ha- that played a role in the team seating. So it's not like, you know, it was, it was all for naught. Um, and can't can't say enough about how this is everything that we wanted to see as Yankee fans from an ace in the postseason. We didn't have to sweat it out, and it was it was truly a, a relaxing and magical experience. And now we do move on to Masahiro Tanaka, who playoff Tanaka is real. Like you said, lowest batting average against in, in Major League history, which is crazy. Um, but we are a little worried about him and not necessarily what he does on the field. We sort of are well aware of what he brings to the table at this point. Um, he said some stuff last week after his final start in, in Toronto uh, that he was, in fact, thinking about this being the last start of a seven-year contract and it may ha- or may not have thrown him off his game a little bit after the game he posted what you could say are farewell social media posts, a picture of him holding up his first Yankees jersey after signing the contract in some sort of hotel room 
and a tweet just mentioning that this is the end of his seven-year deal. Uh, a lot of us wanted to ascribe that to mistranslation and just Tanaka getting emotional and reflective. He is ending a seven-year deal. That is true. He is entering free agency. Uh, but that was not the end. We all sort of assumed that he was more likely to come back, especially more likely to come back than James Paxton. This team does need horses in the rotation, and we aren't ready to say goodbye to him quite yet. Uh, so we attempted to shrug it off last week. Um, but then he made some more comments um, before this start that sort of insinuated finality. Um, bizarre. Uh, we didn't know really what to expect uh, out of the presser. And he said, uh, this is the end of a chapter after seven seasons in New York, but he's focused on this month and trying to win the World Series. Uh once again, technically, yes, it is the end of a literal chapter, but these are the kind of things you don't say unless you are ready to move on and you know something. Um, does Do we think Tanaka knows something? Has his agent already had the Didi Gregorius conversations with Brian Cashman? And if so, why? Why Why are we doing this? I wondered that. I, I that, That's, of course, a possibility. We have no idea. Um and with the uncertainty surrounding 2020 in terms of, you know, taking on more salary, adding more to the payroll, whatever. Remember, they got to pay DJ LeMahieu, so that's going to put a dent in things. Something has to be figured out with Judge in terms of his future with the team. Um, Gardner's team option, I mean, are they going to reject it at this point? I have no idea. I really, I really do not know. Um, so there are a lot of things to consider. Um, and you also have to remember, Tanaka's from Japan, completely different culture. Uh, not, you know, you know, the, uh, the, I guess the American way here is just, you know, what's, what's the deal with my, you know, uh, what my contract, you know, it's a little bit more, um, you know, fiscal based than it is to, like you said, Tanaka is getting emotional. Tanaka is feeling everything. It's, it, it was a seven year deal. He remember he opted in, he had the option to, to uh, hit, hit the open market, I think three or four years ago. And he after decided 2017 to, yeah, yeah. after his best postseason. Yeah, and he decided to stay in New York. Um, he was very apologetic to the fan base after having a partial tear in his UCL, something completely beyond him that had nothing to do with him, and he's apologizing to the fans. I think it's a cultural thing. I think that he is just, um, you know, a, American way of life, and especially, you know, free agency in sports is very different. All we're talking about in sports is, oh, contract year's coming up. What are they going to do? We have Trevor Bauer talking about, I'm going to sign, you know, 50 35 million dollar one year deals and it's going to be awesome it's like uh the discourse is just completely you know detached from what we should be talking about in terms of you know memories you've made with the team or contributions you you made or you know how great my time here was and Tanaka who came over from Japan after a very successful career there uh he was pretty much a legend also a postseason legend I believe with uh what was what was he with the the Golden Eagles or whatever the Rakuten yeah the Rakuten Golden Eagles yeah legend there so uh and that's a big thing you know like someone coming from overseas to don pinstripes and then beat one of the best postseason pitchers in the franchise's history like I think it's emotional for the guy. I think he's feeling it. I think his country is just loving every second of it. Um, and I think he wants to, you know, there's, there is closure, I think, to the seven-year deal. It's a seven-year deal. His career after this with the Yankees will not be the same. We don't know the length of, you know, whatever they'll be talking about after this. It's certainly not going to be another, you know, close to a decade contract. Um, 
I don't, I hope his agent hasn't had conversations and I hope this isn't a foregone conclusion because you look at the Yankees rotation for next year and this team still needs to keep its core together to, you know, push forward and fight for another world series, regardless if they win this year or not. I'm going to chalk it up to a cultural thing though. And Tanaka being emotional and Tanaka appreciating his time with the team um, and acknowledging, you know, the bumps in the road, uh, especially from this year. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be optimistic about this and just say the guy's in his feels and he wants to soak in every moment, regardless of what happens, because honestly, nothing is guaranteed and God bless the guy for living that way, because that's how we all should. One of the wildest pitchers ever. I mean, you, you will never see a Masahiro Tanaka again, uh, a high school legend in Japan, like uh, on these on center stage from a young age. So we're not talking about a guy. I, I mean, and perhaps that's why he is so dominant in the, po- in the postseason whether it's at home or on the road, like he was pitching the biggest games in the country from like the age of 16 on. Uh, and he came to New York as like a fireballer with a splitter, like a 95, 96 mile an hour daughter of the corner with this nasty splitter. Um, and by the end of his first year, he already had to pitch differently. He's got the partial UCL tear in 2014. Um, and he doesn't miss more than like a month, yeah. month and a half. Uh, he's back for 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And nobody is both simultaneously more predictable and unpredictable. Um, you, you know the rhythm of a Tanaka season at this point. It, it's, you know, every couple of starts, there's one where... He- Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. He gives up three solo home runs, and it doesn't really matter because we are in a 162-game season, and as long as he stays healthy, you know exactly what you're getting when the postseason rolls around or when the moments matter. Um, think of the games he's won, obviously, at, you know, at home during the 2017 run against the Astros. But think of the games where he has neutralized people in enemy territory when it was most important. Uh, down 1-0 after Jay Happ shook on the mound at Fenway Park in the 2018 ALDS. He was dominant against David Price uh, for a short time, but it was more than enough time. Um, game one of the ALCS last year on the road um, set the tone and beat the Astros. And if they hadn't taken Matt of that game, he probably would have gone all nine innings. Talk about one of Aaron Boone's more perplexing moves. I'm not really sure why he gave the Astros an extra look at the bullpen in a game that Masahiro Tanaka could have just finished. Uh, and the bullpen was never quite the same for the rest of that series. The lone blemish on Tanaka's playoff resume is the short rest game four home game that he lost to the Astros, but he wasn't that bad in that game. Give a career and homer to George Springer. Um, and the Yankees should have put far more runs on the board. And no one's talking about Tanaka struggling or failing if the Yankees win 8-4. Um, they're just talking about this sh- a short rest, gutsy outing. So an amazing man, someone who has reinvented himself entirely, repeatedly over the course of this seven-year deal. So he is right. The seven-year contract is over. Uh, this chapter of his career is about to end whenever this playoff run ends. We hope his time in New York is not over. And we, for- we forgive him for getting a little emotional because we all are. Uh, but we know exactly what kind of man is going to take to the mound on Wednesday night. And that's really all that matters at this point. Yeah. And also a fun, I, I was talking to, uh, I, I met some guy uh, through another friend. He's his, he's from South Korea 
and he said the South Korean games and the Japanese games in high school, it's a giant like tournaments and they're nationally televised. So Tanaka has been on this, you know, kind of uh, this giant center stage, I guess his entire life. And then it's culminating with, you know, being with the greatest franchise in baseball history and, you know, the reputation that the Yankees have, and he's done nothing but deliver when it mattered most. So you can't fault the guy for being emotional. It's been a long road for him and uh, it's his success has been tremendous. And, you know, it's, it, he's, he has every right to be uh, to, to have, to feel some sort of way with this contract coming to an end, even if it's, even if it's not the end of his time with, with the Yankees, but I'm so excited to see him pitch tonight. I'm glad I'm covering the game. I, I, I love watching him throw in high leverage situations and, uh, hopefully he gets a win and then, you know, we can hopefully extend his time uh, with the team for the rest of this postseason. Yeah, I am very excited for, for the rest of this. And I am very excited that the Yankee season will not end tonight. Um, before we sign off, any predictions for this one? I, I mean, where's the vibe little gut check? Like how, how are you really feeling? I think they're going to win. Um, and the sole reason is because we got exactly what we needed last night. We got seven innings. We threw Luis Sessa after that. The bullpen is fully rested. Um, I think as long as they can get to Carlos, I think, I think four runs wins this, to be honest with you. We don't need a 12 run barrage. I think if Tanaka take cares, takes care of business with, you know, scoreless through five or six, um, whether his pitch count is high or not, um, we have the bullpen to go to. We have well-rested guys, um, guys that are, that are excited to pitch in the postseason. And as we talked about, the Indians don't have a threatening offense. They have a couple of guys in there that scare you, but there, there's, there, there's nobody that you really, you know, there, there's no stretch of batters where you're like, oh God, what am I going to do? It's, it's, this isn't our lineup. Um, and uh, once again, Carlos Carrasco, only two postseason starts or postseason outings in his entire career. Um, and he's only thrown 148 innings since the start of uh, 2019. He obviously had that battle with leukemia. Um, thank God he he overcame that. That was an incredible story. Um, but I think that the Yankees have all the momentum right now, um, especially after that deflating game one loss. Uh, we've rocked their ace. That was the most – Bieber hadn't given up more than three runs in a single start all year. Um, and I think there was actually a few dating back to last year. So I think the streak was longer than 12. So, um it's, it's going to be tough because once again, Tanaka is emotional and he's ready to go and he wants to keep his time going with the Yankees as we've seen through his social media posts. So I think the Yankees take this one five to two. I was, I was going to say almost the exact same thing. I, I don't, I don't think this game is going to look like yesterday's game. No. And I don't think that you can, you know, get your hopes up for, for such things, but you know, it's at a certain point it is in Tanaka starts and sort of in general, when you have this series lead, it's about continuing to control the game. It's not about blowing the other team away. This is a playoff team and a very good team, and they are going to be ready to punch back today. So it's about never giving an inch. It's about throwing strikes, controlling the zone. You know Tanaka is going to do that. You're going to need Chad Green and probably Zach Britton and probably Aroldis Chapman to do that too. I was going to predict 4-2 before you said 5-2. And I was literally going to say, you, you need five or six innings from Tanaka. Shutout would be great. Let's try one or two runs and hand it over to the big guns. I think if this team does have to mess with a larger bridge to the, to the end of the bullpen, then they're looking at some trouble spots. Um, you know, the Indians, all the, all the Indians have to do to win the series is win two out of three games at home. That equation has not changed. 
all that has changed is their ace was roughed up a lot. Um, and, and Matt, Matt Vesker's and A-Rod had a hall of shame. Bad oh my yesterday. God. Um, they, they said that Shane Bieber's had success against the middle of the Yankees order this year. He hasn't never faced them said, except for Luke Voigt's RBI single, it was a double and it was like an inning prior. Um, they were absolutely terrible, but one thing they did say, um, that A-Rod said that I agree with and, you know, A-Rod played and I didn't play. So if, if he's saying it, it's probably right is that it, it is easier to shake off a 12-3 loss than it is a walk-off loss. No. Um, like, and that's how I felt when I, when I played high school ball. Uh, but you do see this in the playoffs every year. You know, you, you get absolutely stomped in game one. It's just like, okay, we lost game one. Next, mm-hmm. turn the page, especially if you're at home. Um, you know, you lose, you lose the way the Minnesota Twins did in game one of the Astros. I don't think you're shaking that off anytime soon. But if you get absolutely thwomped and the game's over by the sixth inning, then you have a lot of time to relax and try to get your head right for the next couple at-bats. So game two will be harder um, for sure. There's no one I trust more to handle this and manage the game than Masahiro Tanaka. I'm glad he's out there. And most importantly, just got to keep perspective. I'm glad the Yankee season will not end tonight. And we have changed the narrative and the expectations are now different again. And people have to reckon with the Bombers again. Yeah. And I'm going to go one last bold prediction. Gary Sanchez, Homer. He's going to hit a Homer. Based on what we saw in the first game, I think you got, you got yeah. to say that everybody's going to get into the action. I, I think Gardner starts again. I think you see Clint Frazier as a pinch hitter because I think we have a late pinch runner mm-hmm. uh, situation. I, I don't know. I, I feel like by the end of this game, you're going to see Talkman in the outfield and guys are going to get off their feet and ugh, who knows? I, I certainly don't know, but I, I don't think you're going to go two full games without seeing Clint Frazier in action. Maybe, maybe Stanton ends up leaving this game at, at some point. You can't pinch hit for Stanton. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, you're pigeonholed to him always playing. Um, I don't know. None of that made a lot of sense, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to pigeonhole Clint Frazier. <laughs> a lot of things somehow. to consider. A lot of things could happen. You're not pinch hitting for judge and you're not getting Aaron Hicks out of the game for defense. Who knows? Certainly not me. Um, but I, I do think uh, I, I do think that this is going to be a closer game, and I will still say the Yankees have the edge, although not that much of an edge. You're no. going to have to keep perspective on this one. Um, until next time, that is it uh, for the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. Um, we heard a lot of great uh, comments about our interview with Jordan Zerm on Monday. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you guests like that throughout the postseason with an eye on what is going on and what the Yankees situation is. Hopefully it lasts longer than this week, but we are definitely feeling a little better after hearing a lot of disrespect on Monday and Sunday and, frankly, for the last couple weeks. Um, this is now the Yankees. This is the Bronx Bombers. They have come to play. Let's see how the rest of this shakes out. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, and that is my name. I am Adam Weinrib. That's Adam Weinrib. I am Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. We're covering these playoffs in full force on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Let's go Yankees. Let's go Yankees. We'll see you tonight, everybody. Boom. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, 
you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 